Welcome to the Have You Met Her Yet podcast. This podcast highlights the accomplishments, confronts the uncomfortable, and addresses our most fascinating questions about women in the workplace. Who they are, what they do, why you should know them. Join me, your host, Lindsay Dunn, each week as I interview a new influential woman in the workplace. It is my passion to share their incredible stories. You can expect real conversations, lessons, and stories from Canadian women who are thriving in their industries. Have You Met Her Yet is brought to you by Pink Crown Creative, a Canadian creative agency and community. In this week's episode, I speak with Leah Yard from Leah Yard Designs. I can't wait for you to meet Leah. I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome, Leah. Um, thank you so much for joining me today. Sorry, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, I would love it if you could share with us a little bit about who you are, um, what you do, and how you got to where you currently are today. Perfect. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, first of all. Um, so my name is Leah. I am the owner of the jewelry brand Leah Yard Designs, which is a demi-fine brand here in Vancouver. Um, and I am now the host of a podcast. It is the Voted Least Likely podcast where I talk all about failure. Um, I just have spent my basically my entire career in the fashion industry feeling like an imposter. And I got really tired of seeing the overly curated feeds on Instagram and everybody just, you know, sailing through their entrepreneurial journey. <laughs> and I just think that's so unrealistic to what it's actually like. And I found, especially during the pandemic, we were just so used to only being on our screens and only seeing these perfect lives while we're all sitting around in our sweatpants. <laughs> and yeah. it was just so unrelatable. And um, so that was really sort of what sparked the idea for the podcast, which has been honestly one of the most fulfilling things I've done because it was just a way to kind of demystify what it actually means to be successful. Um, and I did it just for me. And I really think that that's kind of the key to the things that we do is finding that like self-fulfillment. Um, yeah, so that's that's where I'm at now. <laughs> it was a long journey to get there. That's the very short <laughs> version but yeah that's where we're at now <laughs> absolutely um well we'll get to the podcast in a little bit but I first want to get to um you know what made you start your own business so where did that come from where did being an entrepreneur did you do anything before the jewelry line um, let's kind of start there. Where, what happened there? Um, so total accident for sure. I, you know, I made jewelry when I was younger and I've always loved working with my hands. Um, I grew up in a very interesting household. My family lived on a lighthouse Island for a portion of my childhood. So that's complete isolation. Like mail food supplies arrive on helicopter there's no stores there's no cars nothing you're just in the middle of nowhere so I feel like that creativity definitely started kind of on a rock in the middle of the ocean um you know always making things with my hands and that so I I definitely always had that creativity in me as far as being an entrepreneur I am definitely not a born entrepreneur. I am never thought I would own a business. And it kind of started 
It started mainly as, in a, as a hobby. I registered my business in 2013, but I didn't take it very seriously. It was just on the side. And I was told by a lot of people it wasn't going to work out. And I'm also a high school dropout. So I believed a lot of people that it wasn't going to work out because, you know, there wasn't a lot of evidence to say that it was. And when you tell people that you want to become a jewelry designer, it kind of sounds like, you know, you're going to be a magician or something like it sounds a little far fetched. So um, it was just I kind of just plunked along. I mean, nine years later, it's been a lot of plunking along. Um, and I had a lot of minimum wage jobs on the side. And it just got to the point where I was busy enough with it that I, I mean, it sounds silly, but I was sort of forced to quit my day job. I wasn't kind of itching to do that because again in the back of my mind I didn't actually think it was going to work out which I don't recommend anybody starting something like that but it was just that was just kind of my attitude like I didn't expect it to work I mean I was a weird little island kid with no education how could it how could it possibly work out but um yeah I just kept trucking along um you know, it's very much been a series of failures. I will say I did everything kind of backwards. Um, again, I didn't have that entrepreneurial spirit. Um, I just happened to be relentless and I just will keep going and I'll keep trying. And I think kind of having that expectation, I don't want to say I was ex expecting to fail, but I definitely wasn't expecting gigantic success. And I think that has helped me in the sense that it's curbed by expectations for things. So when I do outreach and things like that, the amount of volume you have to do to get a yes, I'm prepared to hear, you know, the hundreds of no's that you're going to get. So I think just having that kind of low expectations on it was actually a gift in a weird way. Um, but yeah, it was definitely, you know, I didn't just have the dream and it started, it was very much on the side of a lot of part-time jobs. And then it got to the point where it was just like, well, if I don't try it now, I'm always going to just wonder. And, you know, and again, it's not like I had some corporate job that I thought, oh, it's so good. Like I, I wasn't, I had a good job at the time, but it didn't feel like, it didn't feel like a huge risk in the sense that I was leaving something that I'd, you know, gone to school for and, and invested so much. So I think that was a little bit of a, a gift in itself and that it was like, you know, I can always get another job and start at the bottom again. <laughs> so not very inspirational maybe, but I feel like that it just was that sort of slow grind. And it's that kind of story that I feel like you don't really see on social media because it doesn't sound that glamorous, but you know, there's a lot of retail, a lot of dishwashing, a lot of janitor work, a lot of, you know, that kind of stuff that went on. And then to kind of end up in the fashion industry, you know, I'm sort of the least likely person to have ended up in, <laughs> in such a field. But, you know, I love it. And um, now building a business, to me, it's the progress. I just love the like the journey of it, the, the fight for it, you know, I, like I just having that feistiness and, and going for it is just so, I'm sure you relate to that too. Just so fun and so thrilling. Um, there's a ton of rejection, but the highs are so high. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, there's honestly so many little things that you've said that I kind of want to, um, address. So the first thing, which, I don't think I ever knew until I listened to one of your episodes that you lived on a lighthouse island. <laughs> Mind blown. Where was that? 
So it was off the coast, coast of BC. It was really, uh, there are actually three different stations that we were at over the course of four years. So it was, um, I was age five to nine. Um, it was a bizarre experience. There was definitely things about it that I am very grateful for in that, again, really learned to think outside the box because, you know, there's no craft store. So we used ferns and rocks and sticks and stuff like that. You know, we're out in the middle of nowhere. Like wow. we had to really um, use our creativity. I have two older brothers. So the three of us, you know, really created our own fun and toys and stuff like that. So that part, I'm very grateful. Um, there were certainly some challenges when we came back into civilization because I had missed out on four years of learning how to deal with other kids. I didn't know. Um, I went into, you know, I was grade six and this is my first time being around girls my age in grade six. <laughs> and that is a rude awakening wow, that I had wow. grown up with two older brothers. Right. So it was just, mm. you know, things like the game playing and like the um, sarcasm and all this kind of stuff and bullying and things like that. And so that was really hard when you don't have any coping skills and you don't know what to expect. Um, and just little things that, like I didn't know how to buy something in a store. I didn't know how you went into a store and I didn't know how to cross a street. Like I didn't know, wow. you know, yeah. just little things that it just, and I don't think, I don't think my parents really realized that too, because it's things that if you've always done these day-to-day -day things, then when you have them taken away, you don't realize that someone else is maybe starting from scratch. And I was a, a little kid. So there were certainly um, challenges there and, you know, even now, like I really struggle with like social anxiety and stuff like that. Cause again, I just didn't have those skills. Like I didn't learn to be around kids. I didn't learn how to communicate, how to, you know, not stare at people because you haven't been around people or whatever, you know, everything right. was just so new and overwhelming. Um, yeah. So I, I don't regret the experience. It was incredible. Um, but I, you couldn't drag me back there. <laughs> I have no interest of living like anywhere other than a city and it's so funny because it's like I'm very introverted and I like being at home but I need to know there's other people around <laughs> like I have a bit of a a fear of like complete isolation like I I just yeah uh, that's not for me so <laughs> yeah you're kind of one of the like OG pandemic babies before the pandemic happened <laughs> totally totally I've been training for years for that <laughs> totally. and so when the pandemic happened and was that a familiar thing to you or was that that fear of oh no I'm isolated how did you navigate that since you kind of already had lived a few years in somewhat totally. isolation you know what was that experience like I'm so curious yeah it definitely it's funny because I actually wrote I think it was a blog post or something at that time because it was something like um, how living on a lighthouse island prepared me for lockdown because it really it <laughs> felt very familiar. Yeah, um, yeah, and I it was no problem for me. I've always been, I think, well, I was raised in a very um, a family that definitely valued self sufficiency and hard work. So um, those are skills I'm very grateful for. And during lockdown, it was like, yeah, I I was very lucky that you know, I wasn't, there wasn't a lot I had to cut out. I don't, you know, go get my nails done once a week. I do my own nails, those little things like that, that, you know, yeah. I'm lucky that I'm used to that. Um, 
And, you know, I, I kind of thrive behind the scenes. So having that lockdown, um, it was obviously terrifying for business reasons and mm-hmm. worldwide reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of flourished in a sense that it was like, I mean, I've been doing so many pop-ups and things with the jewelry line. And so now it was just focused to be creative and come up with stuff. And I kind of thrived in that aspect, even though it was terrifying. Um yeah, but I, I, my heart went out to people who were, you know, extroverted and needed that structure to of going to an office, that kind of thing. I just think it, it would have been so hard. Um, but yeah, I'm lucky that I had the training. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and then a few things that I definitely related to, you know, you mentioned starting your business, you didn't feel people could take it seriously, you barely took it seriously. Totally. Um, I for sure was the same way. I was so scared to talk about my business until I started talking about it and then made it real. And even if people like you said, people think it's like this huge thing. I mean, it is a huge thing. But like when you said, people think it's like you're a magician. Like I remember feeling those feelings. (laughs) Oh, like, wow, you're gonna do that. And you you think, Oh, no, should I think that too? And should I feel that way? And oh, my goodness, it's such a strange feeling to remember. But I absolutely felt that too. Yeah. It's hard. And that imposter syndrome, like, I don't think that ever goes away. Like, I yeah. I think you get a better handle on it. But oh, my God, I'm still like, punched in the face with that all the time, you know, and you yeah. just feel that you're in a group where you just suddenly start like, thinking, Oh, you know, these people are so much further ahead and that kind of thing. And what's frustrating is that when you let yourself kind of dip into that again, then of course it resurfaces all the stuff people said to you that you heard, right? Like our brains just oh, do yes. that. And it's yeah. such a cycle. Oh, yes. So uh, absolutely. Um, I really appreciated you sharing all of the part-time side hustle jobs that you've done. So that's a big myth I find in entrepreneurship yes. and oh being God. a business <laughs> owner. Um, yes. I absolutely struggled as well during the pandemic um, yeah. in moments where you saw entrepreneurs thriving. They're having these six figure months and like never been busier and never been more <laughs> successful. And you think, Oh my God, what am I doing wrong? Totally. And I think the perception sometimes is you start a business, you're really successful, you get to quit all your jobs, like you're making a ton of money. Um, And I always respect other entrepreneurs when they share that, no, they either have this still as a side hustle, they're still working full time jobs. Um, And I think it's really important to share that. I mean, I try my best to share with others that I don't just do my business. I have other things. I'm multi passionate. I have two or three other jobs at once. And thankfully, a lot of them are things that I like to do. And I've been lucky that I've been able to make the connections that all of the jobs I do are passions of mine, thankfully. But it's important to share that I don't just have my business and I'm able to thrive off of it. I absolutely have to have multiple side hustles. Totally, totally. And I think there's that, again, when you were saying like on social media, and everybody's just like flaunting all the success. And it it's not even inspiring to me because it seems a little tone deaf a lot of the time. And, mm-hmm. you know, that saying that's like, um, 
every overnight success is 10 years in the making. Yeah. Like it's true. It's <laughs> it so is. true. Right. Like this yeah. next year will be 10 years for me. And, wow. you know, I, again, I did it wrong for most of that time. So I feel like it's only been the last few years of like real, yeah. you know, really things working, but you know, and the pandemic set me back like significantly, you know, it, it's, it was very financially challenging and, mm-hmm. you know, f- friends of mine that are in the corporate world and that, you know, it, it didn't affect everybody financially. And, you know, I'm still in the trenches. Like I'm still, it's going to take yeah. a while to get out of what I got into uh, during that time. And again, like for some people, they're not talking about it because it's not a thing, but then you see a lot of these other business owners that it's like, there's no way you guys just like, you know, it was smooth sailing through that. There's just no yeah. way, but yeah. yeah, I think the more we can talk about it because there's no shame in the struggle. That's what it is. And I think the more we can recognize that it's not shameful, it's actually very brave to do it. Um, then that will be inspiring to people. And it doesn't set people up for failure because they're not expecting overnight success. Like, you know, I, I wish I knew, well, I don't know if i wish I knew how hard it was. <laughs> I, wish I, like, I wish I'd had like a little bit of warning. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I wonder if I would have done it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really hard to say. I mean, I feel I've heard both sides. I've heard it's been great and positive and easy. Yes. And then you've heard that it's been awful. And I don't know if I've listened to that because I've continued yeah. on. So I think a lot of yeah. it is, is your own kind of um, continued on and, and, um, persistence. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard. Sometimes you don't, you don't want to listen or hear what you, you know, you want to hear what you want to (laughs) hear. Yes, totally. And I think that is really important, right? You have to be like very selective and yeah, you, you know, we are the drivers of what we're doing here. So yeah, no, I I think you're onto something there. It's very, very important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then you mentioned, your podcast. So you started that this summer. Um, yes. I remember seeing promotions for it probably early in this summer that you mentioned you were going to launch it. And I thought, oh, wow, that's so exciting. I'm, I'm so excited for you to learn a little bit more about that. Um, and then I started to listen. And I honestly am so overwhelmed with how many amazing words of wisdom and little nuggets you have oh. in it. And I love it so much that you have, like, it's little short little pieces of wisdom, which I feel is really easy for someone to digest and um, just kind of take really, really quickly. Um, I know sometimes, um, like for my podcast, sometimes my episodes can be anywhere between 30 minutes to an hour and a half, depending on how the conversations go. And I really love that it was just really digestible, like golden nuggets of people to have of these words of wisdom from you. Um, And truly like wisdom is just the word that keeps coming back. I I felt like I got so many things from all of the things you shared. Um, So many things that I could relate to. I mean, you know, your first podcast, you talked about failure you know, you talked about right out the, the gate, right out the ba- gate, like being in rut, imposter syndrome, um, talking about speaking to your younger self. Um, I, you know, I mean, that's one thing we we had just talked about is, you know, would you have thought differently if you knew something yeah. that you, you know, now? Um, and I do feel it's important for us to speak to our younger selves, especially as females. Um yes. 
the things that we're told and what we're taught, especially in business of our value of our worth. Um, I really, really love that episode. All of those little things mm -hmm. I felt are things that we constantly should be doing as entrepreneurs and as females as well. Um, and one of the stories I just could so relate to you, and I don't know if you would believe this or not, but I, I remember you, you mentioned being at a vendor event, hiding in the bathroom, feeling <laughs> oh, like you yeah. weren't worthy, that yes. you didn't fit in. Um, and I can't tell you the amount of events I've been to when I felt mm -hmm. that way. And it's, mm -hmm. it was just so relatable to hear, you know, all of the, the truths that you tell yourself that aren't true and the things yeah. that you make your reality. Um, yeah. So maybe if you want to go in a little bit more depth about what that was like for you, for some people that might not have heard that episode and, and might be able to learn from your experience. Totally. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. I remember, so it was a, like a conference thing and the, I just remember the first thing was the title of the event was something like, empowering women in business or something like this. It was just this gigantic title for the event. And right away, I felt like, oh my God, that is not me. So yeah, I've already sort of set myself up for failure because I'm already in my head about what it's going to mean and who am I to even be at an event that has in power in the title. Um, and yeah, I remember setting up my knees were weak and I had done a few pop-ups before, but they were more you know, like little markets here and there. This was, this was like a, a bigger pond. This was a bigger deal. And mm -hmm. I just remember being in that room and there's all these women to me that just looked so perfect. They all had these beautiful outfits. They looked like they had no pores on their face. Like they just were so, <laughs> they just looked perfect. Um, they're wearing perfume. Like I just remember being overwhelmed by this feeling of like, oh my God, who do I think I am? Um, and this was sort of at the time where it was really the startup phase of my jewelry brand. So, you know, money isn't rolling in. So I'm schlepping on in there with like ripped jeans and some top that I got, you know, discount at winners and whatever, and just mm. feeling like right down to my toes, just not like I'm belonging there. Um, and I just, yeah, it just was too overwhelming. So I went and hid in <laughs> the washroom <laughs> oh my god it was so ridiculous and I don't know how long I was in there um but I remember being in there and hearing everybody outside the door too like just they all sounded like excited chattering and networking and I just remember looking in the mirror and thinking like what the hell am I doing here like and just like it was just felt so I was just thinking how could I go back and quietly pack up my stuff my stuff and leave and the worst thing was that I thought no one would even know if I left, you know, like that's how I yeah. felt like just so insignificant. Um, so I finally came out of the washroom again. I don't know how long <laughs> I was hiding. <laughs> I finally slinked back to my table um, and just thought, you know what, just make the most of it. I didn't leave my table that I could not. I just was too overwhelmed to even leave from behind my table and go network. No, nope, I just stayed behind. And um there were definitely a few things from that moment that I that have really stuck out to me. And one was you never know how one person can impact you so much because there was a woman that 
there, we were doing some networking game or something, which, oh my God, my stomach like just dropped when I heard that. <laughs> and, but this lovely woman, I think she probably just smelt my fear <laughs> and she came up and introduced herself and she was so kind and we chatted and she just put me at ease and she was lovely. And it's just, it's so funny to me how that one, she I'm sure doesn't remember that because it, I just assume she does this all the time. Who knows? Maybe she was feeling the same way, but yeah. I just always remember that moment because I think when we get stuck in imposter syndrome like that, you're so focused on yourself. Like I was so I was being really self-involved, honestly, thinking all of those thoughts, like nobody cares what I'm wearing. Nobody's cares about any of that. Right. And everybody there I'm sure was feeling some level of imposter syndrome and it was a networking event. So of course everybody's going to be doing their best and, you know, being their most Instagram worthy selves, but yeah, it yeah. just, you know, again, I think I, I remember that woman so much. And then I remember thinking afterwards, like, you know what, I think that's the key is finding somebody else to connect with, because as soon as you connect with somebody else, you see, oh, they do have pores on their face <laughs> and like yeah. you know, a, a human and, and you have that relatability. And all of a sudden it, it just helps to take you out of your own head. Um, I, it's still something I struggle with. I, again, I know I have, you know, insecurities around my education, which I talk about a lot because I'm trying to, you know, just let other people know that you don't have to have, you know, years and years and that the traditional route isn't always the way. Um, but I definitely worry, you know, if I'm in conversations, what are they, they're going to ask where I went to school or they're going to ask, you know, these kinds of the things. Qualifications. Yeah. Yes, totally. And I think we're all worried of those questions um, or have some we all think about those questions. And I think what's most important is that what you offer is not necessarily what's on a piece of paper. Like what you offer is who you are. And the biggest thing for me is how you make other people feel. And, you know, that woman at that event, she made me feel comfortable and seen and valued. She didn't ask me about my education. We didn't talk about that. You know, I, I don't remember right. what the, what the game was, but you know, yeah. it, it's, it's more so how you make other people feel. Right. And I think that's, I think imposter syndrome, we just always think that people are thinking the worst and we think that they're judging us on stuff that we're judging ourselves on. And oh yeah, it's <laughs> not the case. Right. So definitely yeah. not. I honestly, I love all of those tidbits of um, being self-involved. That's such an interesting thing to notice about imposter syndrome. Yeah. Um, one of my greatest lessons of getting rid of the insecurity and imposter syndrome as well is taking that pressure off of what you assume people are thinking and, and expecting of you. Um, you know, there's many times where on social media, or even when I started my podcast, if I was not posting every month, every Wednesday, oh, I was a failure. Yes. Someone was was looking and saying, Lindsay didn't <laughs> post on Wednesday. Oh, this podcast is going down the drain. And I don't think oh. I had one person message me because like you said, no one is actually paying that much attention. No one cares <laughs> at all. No one cares. I mean, yeah. they care to a certain extent, but no one yes. cares that much that you're an all automatic failure. And no. it's just these ridiculous 
expectations we put on ourselves when, like you said, it's just really self-involved. It's just yourself putting all of those things on you. No one is sitting there like giving you a report card. Totally, (laughs) totally, totally. Oh, it's awful. (laughs) And we are our own worst critics, of course, right? Like it's so, yeah, it's a cycle, but. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So you're a few episodes into your podcast. Um, how are you feeling now about doing it? How are you feeling about having it out there? Um, and yeah, what, what is your kind of recap of, of being a few months in? It's, it's been so fun. It's, um, I was very scared when I did it, but I also, I really, and I know it kind of sounds like what people say, but I really did genuinely do it just for myself. Like I needed a creative outlet and I needed something that was like, you know, going to be, um, I, I think I got one rejection in my jewelry business and that kind of sparked, sparked me to do it. Cause it was like, I need to have something that I have full control over where I can tell my story and I can help other people feel a little bit less alone because I think that's kind of the main thing. Um, I, yeah, I love it. I, it's something I never thought I would do and, um, it's been very fulfilling and it's just a way to share your story. That's more intimate. And, um, again, because I don't have a gigantic audience, it takes the pressure off. So I have time to get better. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so far I'm, I'm quite thrilled. Oh, that's, that's so wonderful. And then how, what is your, what does your business look like now after the pandemic? Can you share anything, any lessons learned, um, what might be coming up for your brand um, in the next while? Totally. Yeah. So obviously the pandemic, we took a huge hit. Um, I was very lucky to have already had an online platform. So I was able to make the pivot. Um, But at that time, I still was doing a lot of pop ups. So having that stream of income shut down was terrifying. Um, This year, I finally got back into doing in person events, which it's just been so nice. There's just nothing like it and reconnecting with people and, oh. you know, jewelry, you have to see in person, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm very excited this holiday season. We've got um, some events coming up and um, expanding into wholesale more now, now that retail is up and going, which is really great. So I, there's finally light at the end of the tunnel, which for a long time, it was just very, very dark. Um, so I'm feeling optimistic. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic as I've learned to be, but um, yeah, no, I, I'm excited. It's, I think I really found my creative spark again. And I, and I think that's kind of been the driving force and, and give me a little bit of that inspirational boost, which I really, really needed. I think we all need that after a, a yeah. hard time. Right. So absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and then congrats on being nine years in business. Um, out of those nine years, what would you say has been your greatest accomplishment? Oh my goodness. Um, probably just sticking with it for nine years. Yeah, <laughs> I think <yeah. laughs> honestly, like there's definitely wins along the way, but when I look back at it, it's just, you know, again, that weird little Island kid, like I never yeah. would have imagined <laughs> doing something like this. And, you know, in an industry that really values prestige and glamor, uh, yeah. it's a tough gig. And I think just, you know, being able to take the hits and take the rejection and carry on, um, yeah, I just, that I'm still here. I think, I think yeah. it's the biggest accomplishment. 
Absolutely. <laughs> still, still going. Still um, going. Well, yeah. Thank you for answering all of that. Um, we're going to kind of change it up a little bit and do a quick speed round if you're open Ooh. to it. Yeah, this is just answering questions, whatever comes to mind first. Okay. Um, what would you say is a talent that you'd most like to have? Oh my God. Um, I would like, my partner, Kyle is so good at, he has this faith where he can figure things out. Like he just trusts that he will figure it out. I wish I had that. I do not have that. <laughs> and I think, yeah, that's what I would Wonder go with. For quad yeah. That's a yeah. great quality to have. Um, what would you say is your greatest extravagance? Like purchase that I've bought or. Um, sure. Or just something that you feel you indulge in. Oh, I would say that's a, that's a hard one. That's a, <laughs> that's a hard one. I, I, you know, I mean, sure you relate to this being business owners. We don't often indulge in, yeah. <laughs> um, probably true. something food related. I'll yeah. go food related. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Um, what did you, what would you say is the worst piece of advice you've ever been given? Oh, I've been given some some very bad <laughs> advice. Um, one is just, you know, telling somebody that they can't do it. I think I got told that a lot. Um, and it's just a horrible piece of advice because often that advice comes from somebody who has no idea what they're talking about in yeah. the field of what you're doing. Yeah. Um, so if anybody hears that, just completely disregard that. Oh, yeah. Great piece of advice there. What is one thing that you'd like to learn more about? Um, I'm the podcasting for sure. Like I'm still, it's still new for me. So I, I'd like to learn more about, um, you know, I'm not at the stage of monetizing or anything like that yet. It's just sort of a, a passion project right now. So I definitely am excited to learn more about that. And like the tech side of things is not my forte. So I, I have a lot of learning to do there. <laughs> oh yeah. I get that. I get that for sure. Um, what's a quality that you most love about yourself? My resiliency. Definitely. I'm, I'm pretty relentless. And, you know, I, I think I just, I fail a lot, but I just always get back up and keep going. And I don't know why I don't know what it is. But I've got <laughs> this like feistiness that is just, yeah, I don't I don't stay down for too long. So <laughs> yeah, true entrepreneur, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, What would be your favorite rainy day movie? Oh, um, Oh, I've got like Christmas on the brain because it's fast <laughs> approaching, especially right? for it's As fast a approaching. Retailer, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a wonderful life is honestly my favorite movie. Mm. I just oh, I love that movie. We watched old films when I was growing up and um I just uh, I love that movie. I watch it every year and I cry every year and Aww. it's just oh, I love it. Yeah, very cozy and just so beautiful. I love that. How would you like to be remembered? I would like to be remembered as being somebody who added value, but um, I want to make people feel good. I want to make people feel less alone and feel good about what they're doing. And I want that to make them want to make other people feel good. You know, I want to be that ripple. I want to be known as the ripple effect person, you know? Um, yeah, I that's would be my ultimate legacy. Oh, I love that so much. And then what's your favorite thing about being a woman? Oh, I love that question. Um, 
I mean, I'd say the clothes, but I feel like that's anybody can wear the clothes now. Um, definitely like feeling, I love feeling feminine. I love dressing up. Um, I've always loved that. Even as a kid, I love that. Um, I think women have a very unique perspective on the world. And I don't know, I think we're, I think we're on the rise in a very big way. I just see these incredibly powerful women that are able to communicate things in a way that is unique to us, I think just because of our perspective. Um, so I like that. And I like looking fabulous when I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, well, thank you so much for sharing all of that. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to leave our listeners with today? Um, just thank you so much for having me. It was so lovely to connect. It had been too long. Um, mm. Yeah. And just if anybody's interested in jewelry, you can find me at um, www.leayarddesigns.com. Um, I'm on Instagram and I try to keep things a little bit more realistic. I am a jewelry brand, so I have to make it look somewhat polished, but I do try yeah. to have some behind the scenes stuff there and, and some reality checks uh, now and then. Um, yeah. Great and TikTok videos it. as well. Oh, thank awesome you. Awesome TikTok videos. Thank you. Yes. I was late to the TikTok <laughs> game, but oh my God, I'm hooked. It's so fun. It's been yeah. so refreshing. It's so refreshing. Yeah. It's yeah. just, yeah. It's what we needed. Like, and I was yeah. so against it for so long, but yeah, I love it. So I'm definitely, you can find me on TikTok for sure. Yeah. <laughs> All the stuff that doesn't make it to Instagram. <laughs> Absolutely. And then the voted least likely podcast as well. Yes. Yeah. So if you want just a little bit more behind the scenes, again, it's pretty raw and unfiltered. Um, it was really just a way for me to kind of get off my chest what it's actually like to be successful. So if anybody is in a struggle of some kind, I highly recommend checking it out. Amazing. Well, thanks so much, Leah. I appreciate your time today. Thanks, Lindsay. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, please subscribe, rate, review, and share it with a friend who you think might enjoy it too. These small actions truly made the world to a small business owner like myself. You can also stay up to date with the latest podcast releases, behind the scenes, and insider info about each guest by following us on Instagram. If you are interested in being a guest or learning more about our sponsorship and partnership opportunities, I would love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening. It truly means the world. We wish you a wonderful week and hope that it is filled with creativity and love.